we welcome in San Jose Sharks legend, John Scott. Uh, you know him from the book, a guy like me. You know him from the podcast, Dropping the Gloves. And you know him on Twitter, at John Scott underscore 32. Thanks for joining us today. Um, congrats on becoming a new dad yet again. I mean, you're fathering an entire hockey team. Is the new one slated in to be a goalie? Yeah, it's funny. It's not really everyone's like, oh, great. You've, you, this is uh, how many kids do you have? And once I say six, everyone just is like, whoa, really? Like, what? <laughs> Like, yeah, number six. So this is our sixth girl was born last week. So, yeah, we're very, very happy. She came in nice and healthy. So everybody's doing good. Awesome. Well, you know, this is a San Jose Sharks podcast. So besides hanging out with Alex Stalock, can you share some of your favorite moments from your season in San Jose? Oh, gosh. It, it's funny. It, <laughs> it didn't go great hockey-wise just because there was so much stuff going on outside of the, the actual hockey itself with Doug and Todd and all that captaincy issue stuff. But it was just so really refreshing to be around a mature team with veterans and guys who knew how to play the game and knew how to like just be professional. And it was just really fun going into that room where they took the job seriously on the ice, but then they also knew how to have fun. So it was just such a really enjoyable season. Even though we didn't you know, succeed on the ice like we should have, it was one of my most enjoyable seasons as a professional, which is strange because we, we didn't you know, meet our expectations at all. It's funny because you bring up the, the stuff that was going on between like Wilson and McClellan. And I think when either you were doing episode eight with Al or when you were talking with uh, Patty and Pickles, you kind of brought in and there was some issues between like Wilson and McClellan or maybe even I think who was the president then? John Totora? Yeah, there was there was a lot of issues going on. It was just uh, I think people are always just worried about their jobs. Right. And they're always, if, if they have a, a down season, they just got swept by the Kings. That was, um, or sorry, did they go up three, nothing and the Kings came back and won four in a row. I can't remember. Yeah. What happened. The, yeah. 2014 was the reverse sweep. Yeah. And so I think people started to feel the heat a little bit and they wanted to, well, we, I got to protect my job. So let's pass the buck a little bit. And I think Doug did that to Todd and then Todd in turn did that to the captaincy and did that to jumbo and said, we're going to strip you of the C who do we give the C to? And like, we'll let the players vote and we overwhelmingly voted for jumbo again and they're like well we can't give it back to him we already stripped him <laughs> and then i guess they told pavs in the summer that he was going to be the captain anyway so the vote really meant nothing and then it was just it was just a really kind of terrible situation that could have gone really smoothly if doug and todd would have just went to jumbo and said hey like we're going to take the seat from you we want to switch it up everyone would have been fine but they just really tried to make it difficult for some reason i think that hmm. to start the season really just put a sour kind of note in everybody's mouth the whole year. It was, it was brutal. Yeah, I can see that. And what's funny is that when you were brought in, Wilson told the fans that, you know, you were going to be the guy to kind of like protect the younger guys when they were out there. Cause it was kind of this refresh reset type of a deal. Was there like one guy on the team? You were just like, you know what? That guy's on his own. Forget him. Probably miracle Mueller. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I love Mulesy, but I was like, Mules, you can handle it. And then he did get into like a boxing max with Getzlap one time. It was really funny. He dropped his gloves and started bobbing and weaving. I'm like, Mulesy, what are you doing, man? It was funny. <laughs> the thing with, uh, it seems just, you know, when you talk about the All-Star game, it's like, it seems like there was a few guys that you definitely came pretty tight with pretty fast for your time here. But it always made me wonder, you know what? There's probably some guy on the team that Scott he doesn't care if he ever sees that guy again. He's like, you know what? Fuck Adam Burrish. I don't need to see him again. <laughs> no, I still like, I, I firmly believe that I, I wasn't a fan of Adam Burrish. 
and I've seen him, you know, along the way and we're, we're friendly with each other. I see him in Chicago cause he works for them. And I do some stuff with the Hawks every once in a while. But at that time I was like, I don't like Adam Burrish. I, just, I, I have no time for him. And they, you have guys around the league every once in a while you just don't get along with. And yeah. it, it just didn't in San Jose, it seemed like everybody gelled. I'm still, it's funny. I spent the least amount of time in San Jose. I'm still really good friends with Pavs and Al and Jumbo and Marlo. And like I was texting with uh, pickles yesterday. So it's just, um, it's really neat how you click with a certain group. And I just seemed to click with those guys. It was really great. Yeah. I was actually surprised that you didn't stick around a little bit longer because it did seem like, you like really found a home here for a hot minute. It was that was that was DeBoer's call. So Doug wanted to re-sign me, and he's like, "I'll give you a contract now, but we're not sure who the coach will be." And then they found out it was DeBoer. And then when a new coach comes in, I think he wants to put his fingerprint on the team, and he really didn't have many options. Like all those guys had all those contracts, and they couldn't really switch up the lines too much. So he said, "Yeah, we're gonna go a different route." So sorry. And I think they signed Haley. I think like the next week. So it is. He was a good player for you guys, so it worked out well. But I would have loved to stay in San Jose. I loved it there. Yeah, well, Haley is the one who doesn't like to fly, right? I have no idea. Never met him. Oh, I, I thought that – who was it that Al was talking about just, like, freaked out every time? Oh, was like gosh. A, that was a coach. That was oh, um, or Rammer. Was a, oh, or I was, oh, it was a coach? Or I, or I was thinking Brown for some reason. No, it was okay. Rammer. Every time we would get in a plane, <laughs> the assistant coach would be so worried. If there was any kind of turbulence, he would wrap himself in blankets and go hide in the bathroom. <laughs> Because he was so, so just deathly afraid of flying. It was hilarious. So we'd like go up behind him and shake his chair and stuff. Rammer! And he'd like <laughs> dump himself. It was really funny. Poor oh guy. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously you took, you participated in the big event, uh, the All-Star Game. But one thing I always wanted to know is uh, what did you get from the experience of playing in the outdoor game at Levi Stadium? That was really special. It, it was um, obviously I've only done that once and I think it was the first one in warm weather. It was just such a huge kind of just setup. We show up and people are tailgating, they're fly, flying the teal flags and there's the LA Kings people and everybody was just having a good time. There was no like rivalry fighting in the, you know, tailgating area. So it was just really, really cool to step on the ice and it being 75 degrees outside. It was just, I tried to fight that whole entire game. And no one on the Kings would fight me. It was so frustrating. I asked everybody, including their coach, I was like, come on, you guys. Like, we're outside. Let's do this. But it was just really neat. It was, it was really nice. Todd dressed all the veterans. And I think we lost two to one or something. We, yeah. A couple bad bounces. But it was, uh, it was just a really cool experience to play in that stadium because I've watched 49ers games there quite a bit. And it was just cool to be on the other side of it where you're looking up in the, in the crowd and there was like 80,000 people there. It was bizarre. Well, and that was the funny thing is that there were a lot of people that kind of questioning and it's like, well, San Jose is not a traditional hockey market, blah, blah, blah. You know, if we hold this event, is it going to actually sell? And I think it sold out, sold out like within a week, week and a half. I mean, it was really fast. Oh, yeah. And it was it was just so cool. San Jose is a hockey town. It is. I wasn't sure going in there, but even as a visitor visiting San Jose, it was one of the hardest places to play. Because once the tank got rocking and you could feel the noise and the energy, it was hard to kind of turn that around. And then all of a sudden you're down two, three, four, nothing. And it's just the game's over just because of the fans. It's, it's one of the hardest rinks to play in. It really is. And you mentioned earlier about like, you know, the players had voted for Jumbo to get the C back and we didn't, you know, we know that Pavelski ended up with it and provided to be or proved to be a great leader. Do you, do you think his absence this season had an impact that maybe the Sharks didn't expect? Yeah, I think so, because he was such a big part of that team. 
where he just kind of made things click where Jumbo's not a scorer and Patty was obviously not there for the whole season. And Pavs just was the guy when you needed a goal, when you needed a play to be made, whether it was on the power play or the penalty kill or a face-off, a crucial point of the game, he came through. And he just has that clutch factor where you know he's going to do something when you need it the most. So, And, you know, hopefully they figure it out. There's so much talent in San Jose. It's frustrating to see them, you know, kind of flounder like they've been doing. So we'll see. But Pavs, yeah, he was just such a great fit there with that team. He really was. One thing that when we, uh, talk, when we found out we were going to be able to talk to you, and, and again, thank you for doing this. A couple of questions came in, and one of which we're kind of going to put you on the spot a little bit. Better moment of your career, all-star MVP, or participating in the holiday sweater video? Oh, gosh. I get more. <laughs> it's funny. I get a lot of people talking about that holiday sweater video where they come and barking at me, the barking grandma. <laughs> yep. It's funny. I Hey, I love doing that stuff. In San Jose, the, the staff they have there, they just let the players kind of show their personalities. That's very rare for a, a team to let the players do that. So that was a, that was really, really fun. Again, I was only there for a year and it's just, I felt like I've been, I played there for like three or four years just because of all the memories I have there. Really cool. But all-star game. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I, and absolutely. You know, speaking of which, you know, were you worried about Kane coming after you? You know, were Pavs and Burnsy ready to step up if it got to us? Oh God, it's funny. I just, <laughs> I had Kaner on my podcast the other day. And I told him, like, what if I would have just unloaded the right <laughs> right hand and just dropped you <laughs> in the middle of the All-Star game? Like, how great would have that been? But uh, it's just funny. The one good thing about it being a journeyman and being on so many teams is you get to just meet so many great hockey players. Like, I, I can count a lot of superstars in the league, my friend, which is so cool, you know? And that's the one good thing about kind of bouncing around. You get to be able to say, like, oh, I'm friends with, like, Kane and Taves and Jumbo and Burnsy and Gabrick and Koivu and all these like Henrik Lundqvist and it's just really neat but I don't know I guess that's my my way to say you know I was I was a journeyman it worked out well for me I was a suitcase who am I kidding <laughs> well I mean I listened to that cast from uh dropping the gloves with you and Pickles and Patty and it was like you know after five minutes it, it was almost as if the mics weren't even in the room you guys were just shooting the shit having a good time you know. Oh man, I, I had Burnsy and Jumbo lined up to do the interview. And then the day of Jumbo's like, my family's coming into town. I can't do it. And then Burnsy flaked as usual. And so I'm like, oh, who am I going to get? I'm like, well, let's do Patty and Pickles. You know, both legendary going to be Hall of Famers. And I was like, well, they're not that exciting. <laughs> like, what are we going to talk about? And so I was just like racking my brain of what we can talk about. Cause Pickles really only likes one thing and it's dogs. Yeah. So like, we're not going to do a dog podcast. But it worked out well. Like, they had some good stories. They had some good insight. Pickles was, like, really honest yeah, about a I lot of things. Shockingly candid, I thought. Yeah, and which was really great. Like, he, he didn't hold back. He didn't pull any punches on his team and the players and how he kind of sees things. So, it worked out really well. Like, they, they, it was just really cool. We were just kind of in their hotel room having a chat. Like, exactly. The, the mics weren't even there. Well, you know, the only way you're going to get Burnsy on is if you start talking about barbecue. Yeah, he's so annoying. I texted him today, didn't respond. I'm like, come on, man. Ghost me. It's annoying. <laughs> well, hey, what did you end up doing with the minivan? I drive I drive it. It's in my driveway. Are you kidding me? That is awesome. Uh, now we got to upgrade because I have six kids. I can't fit all the kids in there. So now I'm scrambling to find a bigger vehicle. So man, <sighs> there's that. There's that problem. Well, see, and it's funny because a lot of fans, or at least some of the ones that I know, they look at all at the, that that kind of all star break, and they'll go, 
oh, you know, I'll, I'll DVR the skills competition or I'll DVR the game and, you know, and I'll just blow through it later. It's not, it, it's, it's an opportunity to, I don't know, take a day or two off from yeah. it. And I'll tell you, your story just had people tuning in. I think they had it as one of the most watched all-star games in history. And then how fucked up is it that like Bettman and the NHL essentially like institute the John Scott voting rule and they took the vote away from the fans when it was such a huge feel good story. I just don't get that. Yeah. The NHL doesn't like to not have control. They're a very kind Mm -hmm. of, they like to know what's going on and to be able to control everything. So I felt like they didn't anticipate that and they just didn't like it and they don't like having fun. So (laughs) they just, uh, they kiboshed it. And, you know, they, they tried to end my all-star run many, many times. And I just kind of said, no, I'm going to, you know, see this thing through good, bad or other. And it worked out great. And I I don't think you could duplicate it. It worked out so great where like, I just happened to be on the Pacific team and have such great players around me. And we were the underdog and there was so much hate. I'm trying to get Milbury on my show too, because he was just like lambasting me (laughs) the whole time. So (laughs) It was just a once in a lifetime kind of thing where I don't think you could duplicate it. So it works out for me where I still get the recognition for it. So yeah, thanks Gary. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause I mean, Burns, found you great for that first one, but yeah, a great breakaway on the second goal. Yeah. That, that was the cool thing about going there with people that I played with and before the game, um, who was the coach Sutter? He's like, yeah, we're going to put you with Pavs and Burns. I was like, Bruh. perfect. First shift, <laughs> Burnsy literally said, he's like, put your stick on the ice and go to the net and I'll find you. And sure enough, first shift, he puts it right on my stick and I missed the net, but it bounced off Rene and went in. I was like, oh man, like awesome. And then, yeah, the second goal was a little bit better. I, I got to show a little bit of skill. So it was just fun to just have those guys around and just to kind of have that comfort level. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it was just a really cool weekend to have them there. It's funny you bring up the whole thing of any, the NHL being controlling. They don't want to have- not don't don't be don't show too much of your personality which i think is so funny and then you look at what's happening now with the hub cities and the, i think it was minnesota came out and said okay you guys are allowed to like wear one of three different polo shirts or something <laughs> isn't that funny Come it's on. just like no personality whatsoever you're not you, you we're not going to make you wear suits but you have to wear this shirt always forever it's like all right like are we robots or we don't want people to see our personalities like i think hockey guys have the the best personalities of all professional sports athletes absolutely like we've hung out with baseball guys and basketball guys and football guys and the hockey guys are just the most down-to-earth normal guys who have good senses of humor so whatever i I don't get it that's why i guess i don't make the big bucks like they do (laughs) i must be missing something well i think hockey guys also have like some of the best zingers and chirps and you know oh yeah how is that going to work out with the no fans and just all audio? I know they're doing a tape delay, but they just can't have a, a 60 minute game with just nothing, just bleeps the whole time. <laughs> What's it going to be like? I Let's, guess they could mic up Patty Marlowe the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah. To get three words out of them. But I mean, how great would it be if they just like that? For me, that's a, that's a financial opportunity. You, oh man, you sell a feed or something that's like completely uncensored. Pay-per-view. And, yeah. Yeah everybody's mic'd up and it's you know you think about all the stuff that you see on tv that's you know simulated operations and gory car accidents or whatever but god forbid somebody say the word shit and everybody loses their mind i know and i love the nfl um audio stuff that they do where you get to 
get the inside conversations on the sideline and stuff, you could easily sell a package for like a hundred bucks, 150 bucks. People would eat it up. You'd make a ton of money. You could split that revenue. I think we're, we're onto something, AJ. <laughs> we got to right? figure something out here Well, because yeah, it's a great idea. Well, they had uh, the, in the the series. Was it by Epics? I think where they had that oh, yeah. kind of road to the stadium series with you know with the Sharks and the Kings, and you know a profanity tirade from from Pavelski in the locker room, and yeah, and they had uh, what was oh my favorite one was from Pickles of all people, where it was like you know easy fuck face, and he's like, hey, did you, did you just call me fuck facey? I don't know. He calls everybody that, you know. Uh, that was that was cool. Yeah, I really I fans like it because we're just normal people. You know, we react, we have emotions. They would have to maybe censor out some of the off-color stuff that might be an issue, but there's not much of that. Like there's a couple like call someone something. I I'm not going to get in trouble myself. But <laughs> yeah, but it it would be great. It would be great. Uh, I would love that. You know, I mentioned your book at the top of this and I've, you know, I've watched some some stuff on YouTube with you. Is the film still in development? with regards to the book and the all-star appearance and your, you know, that, that year of your career? Yeah, actually it's, it's moving along quickly. I'm having a talk with the makers tomorrow, actually, to kind of go over numbers and stuff, but we got bought out by a big, big, big production company who I can't say, I don't know why they won't let me say who it is, but it's, you would know them in a second. You know, it's one of the big, I don't know how many there are, but it's the biggest one I think. So they're making it. it it's going to be a, um, on their streaming service instead of worldwide, like a box office, just because I don't think they're going to do box office movies anymore. So I don't know if it'll be like, but yeah, it's, it's being made, which is really cool. So I think they were tag tagging Hugh Jackman to play me. That was the last I heard, which is kind of cool. So we'll see. I don't know. Wolverine, that'd be awesome. But well, I remember. Yeah. Well, one of the interviews, you know, they talked about, of course, Liv Schreiber, Mm -hmm. you know, obvious, but I'll tell you, I looked at some of the photos you know who you do remind me of a little bit? Are you familiar with Kevin Sudeikis from SNL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have a similar look. Oh. And I, and, and, and I think similar humor. I think that, that would go a long way. Well, the last, like, before this new changeover ownership, we were, like, really in big negotiations with Will Arnett, where he's like, I'll do it. Sounds good. He's Canadian. He's like 6'4". He knows how to skate. So we were like, all right, great. This is, this is going to be awesome. And then this big company came in and kind of bought everything. And so we're like, oh, well, we, they're going to try to make it a bigger, you know, movie. So we'll see. I, I liked Will Arnett, but Kevin Sudeikis, he'd be good too. I think he'd be great. I like that guy. Something that happened just uh, shortly before we got together here, Seattle has Oh, what's their name? Well, it, that's the thing. It comes out, you know, we're, we're recording this Wednesday evening. It'll be out tomorrow, July 23rd, okay. new, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. Is they're finally going to come out with it? Any predictions or do you even give a shit at this point? Because it could, seems like it's could taking care less. I could care yeah. less. I'm more interested in the expansion draft if they're going to get Burnsy. You, think, you don't think the Sharks would try to move him to try to get value back for him? I don't think they could get someone to take him with his salary. There's the Maybe. option that the that the sharks could eat a little bit of it, like they did with Brendan Dillon. Yeah, that's it'll be interesting to see who they protect. It'll be very that's, interesting. Well, they have to protect obviously Pickles and Carlson because of their deals. Yeah, and then there's some key pieces. Of course, you're going to protect Couture, probably Kane, Hurdle, and those guys. And yeah, Meyer. Meyer. And, yeah. yeah, it's funny that that seems to be kind of the back and forth with fans around here. It's does Burns get exposed 
to that draft just based on his age, his contract, and mm-hmm. all of those things? Or is it a case of, well, how do you let a guy go who's still you know, a fitness freak who's still talented, how do you let him go for and get nothing back? But that's the thing. That's, that's the thing you have to weigh in. It's like, do we really, are we letting him go for nothing or are we investing in our future a little bit? Because he's going to be a, just, he's not a cat bird now, but he will be maybe in a few years. So it'll be, man, what an interesting time. I don't know. We'll see. Doug's good. He's a good GM. Like you guys, the sharks have a good GM. He'll figure it out, but I don't know. That'll be interesting. And if Burns is available, how does Seattle not take that just based on the fact that he's such a personality to build around, you know? He's going to sell tickets right away, especially if their nickname is like the Sasquatches or the Seattle (laughs) something. You know what I mean? It's just like Burns. Yeah, it'd be perfect. A perfect match. He would build that team for sure. Oh, God. Imagine him because will Seattle be in their division? Yes, because, yeah, Arizona's going to move to the Central. Yeah. That'd be – man, imagine him playing him. That would be so – that'd be hard. (laughs) oh no i want the idea of the sasquatch i that'd be nice that'd be fun we we are coming up with so many money-making ideas here this is amazing we're just giving them away too which is sad (laughs) i could i got six kids now i got weddings and universities to pay for oh man i'm gonna need it i'm gonna be broke Broke (laughs) it's a joke (laughs) <laughs> well i want to thank you so much for joining us today this is uh this has been fantastic again uh the book is a guy like me the podcast as you know dropping the gloves at john scott underscore 32 on twitter thank you so much for joining us i could not appreciate your time more no problem aj thanks everybody go sharks me me